Welcome y bienvenidos to Presently Aquí with Claudia, an insightful mindfulness podcast to help you discover ways to control your thoughts, emotions, fears, and essentially mastering self-love. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Today, I'm hosting Johnson Chang, and Johnson is a best-selling and award-winning author of Sage Sapien, From Karma to Dharma. He is a shaman, yoga, meditation teacher, and the founder of Sage Sapien Soul Academy, where he offers spiritual development programs that use shamanic journey as the main vehicle of transformation. Oh my God, I'm so excited to learn more. Hi, Johnson. Welcome. Hi, Claudia. How are you? I'm good so good. You. Good to see you too. How are you feeling today? I'm well. I'm well. My voice is a little bit dropped. I think I've been talking a lot yesterday. So <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable. Um, but thank you again for taking the time. I know you're in Australia. And so it's tomorrow. So I, I thank you for, um, <laughs> you know, not letting time barriers to, to keep us from having this wonderful discussion. Well, it's only 8 a.m. in the morning for me, so it's all good. All good. <laughs> right. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Of course. Wonderful. So I usually like to start with a few icebreakers. Um, so my first question is, what is your favorite midnight snack? Oh, I don't have a midnight. I don't really snack at midnight. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a midnight snack. But if I were to snack at midnight, ooh, I, I don't really crave. I can't really eat before bed, so I don't. I don't, mm, I'm, mm. I don't really do that, so I don't Interesting. answer it. No, no, it, it could be you don't, <laughs> and you don't. <laughs> it's fine. If I ate at midnight, I wouldn't be able, to be able to go to sleep. Right, and we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. <laughs> uh, the next one, what is your astrology sign? I am a Pisces. Okay, great. And do you know your rising and moon? My rising is Virgo, and I'm a Scorpio moon. So <gasps> my, uh, essentially for people who are astrology noobs, that mm -hmm. would be, Pisces would be my sun sign, so that's my soul signature mm -hmm. and how I operate uh, from a purpose point of view. Mm -hmm. And then Virgo would be my personality and how I organize things, and it's quite... Uh, it's quite linear, right. very methodical. Okay. And then the Scorpio moon would then make me very intense in the mm -hmm. way that I do everything. Yes. In my dreams, in my subconscious, my unconscious. Right. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. Wonderful. Even the way you explained it, it kind of, it, it, because I've, I've been following what you do. It's like, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. And that's how you're able to create this beautiful journey for yourself. Yeah. yeah, I'm quite structured in how I present things, but I'm also very energetically intense, I would say, in how information appears for me and how mm. I like to translate ancient wisdom tools and techniques so that it's applicable. Mm -hmm. And language, I feel, is a very important part of that. It's the aspect of storytelling, which is very much my background, uh. being a trained theater actor. Mm. It's telling our stories, not just where we've come from, but also how it lives and moves and breathes through our bodies. Yes. And that's a lot of the work that I do is how do we transmute that? Because a lot of people who are on a spiritual path or anything to do with personal development, mm. they've done a lot of cognitive work where they understand mm. where yeah. things are coming from. Right. It's that very traditional 
format of talk therapy where if you were to work with a therapist, they would get you to reflect back on how you got to where you are right now. Right. It's kind of what we were talking about earlier with time. It's like, how is it that you are in LA yesterday, 17 hours behind, and I'm in Sydney, Australia <laughs> the next day forward. But in actuality, we're all here in the same moment, right? Correct. So right. this concept of time is very important to understand and to dismantle when we're looking at healing mm. Uh, mm. because it's it's a barrier. It's a it's a right. construct. It doesn't right. really exist. Right. So if if you spend seven, eight, ten years, and I have a lot of clients who tell me this, looking at why they are the way they are because of something that happened in the past, it's very important as a first step to healing. However, what then happens is we get trapped in, well, I am the way that I am because of this ah, is what happened to me. Right. And then we start bringing the past those past events, those mm. pains and whatever happened back right. then, whatever, right. whether it right. was abuse or someone said something mm -hmm. to you, we carry that into the present and we start operating in that same way. Right. And so whatever happened in the past has to be transformed energetically through the body, not just through the mind, through understanding, but in the body, mm -hmm. the way that you move, the way that you walk, the way you show up in a room, the way your energy feels when someone approaches you, right. that all has to change in such a way that when you tell your story to mm. someone, it doesn't feel like the past is still happening. And I think that's where a lot of people get trapped in their healing is that they go, oh, hi, I am, and then insert right. blank pain, right. blank suffering story. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. And I'm so happy you brought that up because um, it's. I don't really get... A lot of people that talk about this um, and it's so important because being in mindfulness, the present moment is the only thing that matters to me in this setting. Um, and, and in the present moment, there is so much possibility and there's such a beautiful gift to unravel, you know, our traumas and, and do our healing um, because we're here now, right? We're here now, no matter mm -hmm. what the time difference, um, you know, with you and me or our traumas, right? So it's about sure. being here, grateful for a new day, right? Because how many people don't get to live as long as you are, whatever, how old we all are, right? And being grateful to be alive one more day in this beautiful existence of human experience, and so we get lost a little bit in the pains, right? Also, society doesn't really offer tools for a lot of people in order to have that understanding of what has happened and how to transmute that into something better for themselves. So thank you. Well, if you look at our healthcare system mm. and the way that we've been conditioned, it's very much you are a product of the past. And this is how media, this is how <laughs> they work with uh, fear tactics to get you 100%. to believe that, well, if you don't buy this because mm -hmm. you know you have this pre-existing condition, that's how insurance works, right? Because right. of this issue, this is why you are the way you are. This is why you need to purchase this drug. This is why you need these treatments. Right. It's part of this this marketing right. tool that 100%. is very much part of the capitalistic model. For sure. However, in the shamanic work and in any holistic healing tradition, what we're trying to get people to do is to dismantle the past mm. by not 
necessarily disassociating from it completely. I mean, right. you remember what happened, right. but it no longer lives in you in that same way. So,、mm. in the healing world, we hear this phrase a lot: the wounded healer.、Mm. So, in the first stage of healing, you become aware that you were wounded. So, very much in my journey, I didn't know I was wounded. Until I became aware of it, right? I was right. this very abused gay Asian kid,、mm. mentally, emotionally, verbally, from my parents,、yeah. who had a certain way of looking at the world,、mm. being refugees, and having an idea of what it meant to be an upstanding, good Asian boy, and what that meant, right? right? There right. were certain things I had to do,、mm-hmm. and of course, I didn't do those things. So. As punishment, it would be it would be physical, it would be、mm-hmm. mental, it would be verbal. It、mm-hmm. was it was quite a lot, and because of that, and th- I think this happens across the board with a lot of people who have similar childhoods with tough parents, is that we build up a wall,、mm. and we go, "Oh yeah, no, nothing's wrong with me. I'm <laughs> completely fine. I'm strong, right? Because that was another conditioning、right. pattern. It's like." You know,、yeah. boys don't cry. Grow up to be strong. Do everything perfect, right? And and you'll you'll get by.、Mm. And that's kind of what I did until I broke down, right? And that happened when I was in theater school. And we're doing all this breathing work. We're doing a lot of yoga and all these mind body somatic practices. And it's part of the acting training. But I didn't know that it was also going to be very psychologically revealing for、wow. myself my. and and the start of my healing、mm-hmm. journey when I was nineteen. And that's when I would start having these somatic releases, and somatic means soma of the body. That's it comes from the Greek word, and so my body was starting to convulse in some of these classes almost uncontrollably. I wasn't、mm. doing it; it was just something that was happening as part of the release.、Mm. There was sometimes hysterical crying that went right、mm. into maniacal laughing. It would、yes. from one to the other. That was part of the、yeah. body's release.、Right. To the point where it scared me a little bit.、Mm-hmm. Like, what is happening? <laughs>、yeah. I started at the. <laughs> I started having at the same time these flashback memories、mm. of my childhood,、mm. of all the times my mom did some pretty awful things to me by you know like locking me、right. out of the apartment when I was like four on a on a high rising chair、mm. and kind of strapping me in because I didn't eat what she wanted me to eat and、mm. she was frustrated and I was like screaming and you know right and, right. Outside the apartment, right, and I felt abandoned. So I was having like these images、mm. of my life, like, oh my goodness, I completely forgot about that because I pushed it down.、Mm-hmm. And and as that started to build the awareness, right, the awareness was building. Wow, oh my goodness, that's how I'm functioning. I'm carrying all of this armor、right. because of what I'm hiding. Right, and that was the first stage. And then you start to tell people like, oh well, I'm this way because of that. You、yes. know, I do this because this happened to me,、right. and that's very helpful, right? Because people then have this understanding of like, oh well, why you're so, why you have this? I used to have people would say you have this rest, resting bitch face.、And、I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't, I wasn't aware, and I would look, you know, I grew up in New York City, right? So I would, I would look into the.、Uh, <laughs> the subway reflection, right from the、uh, train. Right. When you're in the train on the train doors,、I'm、like, oh, I do have a resting bitch <laughs> face, right? So then I, there was awareness. I'm like, why is that? Then I start <laughs> contemplating. Oh, well, maybe it's this guard, this armor、mm. of not letting people in. Right. Right. So this, then that, that awareness had to go somewhere.、Mm. You、mm. can't just be aware. Right. Right. And and I think that's where people get a little bit. 
plateaued. You have to take that awareness and actually do something with it. You have to change the resting bitch phase. Right, right, <laughs> right. Because right. once the stories change, right, you don't have a resting bitch face because 100%. your energy changes. Right, right. That's just a very silly example, right? Mm-hmm. But um, there, there's so many other physical things that start to change within your body, right, when you don't associate with the victimhood anymore. Right. It's what we call in the shamanic work taking your wounds. And turning them into your gifts, it's like you kind of repackage them, and whatever hurts you the most, whatever mm. breaks your heart in right. your own life, you turn that into service. Mm. Now you don't have to be in service to people where you're working with different healing modalities to serve people, right. but you could be taking your pain yeah. and becoming the most conscious advertising manager or the most amazing film producer or mm. whatever it is that mm. you do in your life. Right? We're all. A wounded healer. Right. We right. just express it dif- differently. I'm I'm so upset. I wish I'd have met you. I'm from New York City myself. Um, I'm sure we've crossed paths with our own resting bitch face because I had one there. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, you know, you just it is just the energy of the place you're in. Mm-hmm. And in New York City, there is a strange feeling of mm-hmm. I need to show that I am strong and that I. Can make it, you know. It's like that mm-hmm. Alicia Keys song. Yeah. Song. <laughs> it's, it's the conquer. What, what is it? Oh God, I can, the lyrics of like. Um, if you can uh, make it here, you can make it anywhere. Right. right? Exactly. It's, right. Yeah. It's a very pushy energy, and is, when you're in that field, hmm. your body has a very natural predisposition to just go into defense mode, and that's Absolutely. perfectly normal. So whenever Absolutely. I visit and I go home, I I do go into this kind of. Who is that? My my my, my guard is up, oh, uh-huh. and that is healthy mm-hmm. if you know when to let it down. Right? Correct. <laughs> you have to know because otherwise you're gonna be that person. Then when you go back home, it's gonna like still be there, and you have to like release it as opposed to being aware. Like okay, when you are in a specific neighborhood or you're out in the train super late, yes, those are moments you should, you know have that toughness or just something sketch but then be okay and be back to happy cool self um so that's that's interesting i love that you brought that up um but it kind of brings me to my first question everything you've said thus far which is what led you to your path to self-discovery now that you've kind of explored a little bit of your childhood please uh, yeah, sure. that was very much so. It started when I was in theater school mm. and we were doing all these strange exercises. What I didn't realize at the time in our voice classes, we would have to do a lot of yawning breaths. Mm. A lot of, if you've ever taken an acting class or people don't necessarily know what happens behind the scenes no. in an acting training program, unless like you've been in it. But the, you do a lot of energy work, actually. We mm. had movement teachers that were, my first year movement teacher was an osteopath who introduced us to energy work. And she was working with a pendulum, actually, Ooh. and scanning blocked energies in our bodies. Because if you think about it, as an actor, when you play certain characters, you cannot be yourself mm-hmm. in terms of, you can't, not that you can't be yourself, that's not the right way to put it, but you can't carry all of your personal habits mm-hmm. into every single character because every character has a different backstory and a history that you have to show to the audience. So if let's say a character has a limp, Mm. you need to figure out how to make that limp work for you without hurting yourself, of Mm -hmm. course, 
And in order to do that, you have to have a very clean mind, strong mm -hmm. body, because if you were doing a limp for an extended period of time, that starts to take a toll on your psychology. Mm. It really does, right? right? Because you, you, you <laughs> the mind and the body are completely interwoven. Right. You might start to believe that that is you. You right. might get confused. Right. And you might start to believe, you know, of course, a lot of these dramas are written with very dysfunctional characters, mm -hmm. right? You might mm -hmm. start to believe that you are that character. Right. So as part of the actor's self-care tools, we do a lot of work to to it's like a painter where you kind of clean the canvas mm -hmm. so it's blank right. and you start all over again. Right. So a lot of the work we did was like that. But in doing that, what it started to uncover was all this childhood mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. We did a lot of chakra work in our voice classes to discover how to express our voice through the different chakras. And at the time, you know, I was a very atheistic uh, kid, right? right? Teenager, right. into because mm -hmm. that was my view in the world. Of it was course. like, well, the world's so horrible, like there can be no God, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? That was that was where I was coming from. Uh -huh. So all the chakra stuff, all of that stuff for me, it was very woo woo. It was like, okay, whatever. I'm just here to study to be a really good actor, right. and that's it. And all of this stuff is part of the acting training, so I'm going to do it. What I didn't realize was that all of this chakra stuff, all of this breath yawning work that I was doing, all of the yoga that we were doing was actually leading me into the path that I am now. Like then I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. But there was a point in time where I then decided to enroll in teacher training to become a yoga teacher. And, and since then, you know, I've been training yoga teachers for the last several years and I've been teaching yoga for over 12 years and and then that led into Pilates and mm. then meditation and and somatic body work and Reiki and I became a Reiki master mm. and, and then shamanic work kind of was the last thing that mm. came on top of all that that really put everything together for me mm. because the yoga work for me was the path of discipline. Mm -hmm. It's very structured, it's very methodical do this and it has these benefits do it five times a day and and at these hours it's it's very structured actually right. if you look at the yoga practices right you, you develop mm -hmm. a discipline you get on your mat you commit right. to right it, it's very one two and three the shamanic work is very more it's very much about surrendering and listening mm -hmm. to nature and connecting to spirit in a way that is more in flow so it might not look the same every day right. your meditation practice from a yogic perspective would be inhale for one, two, three, four, exhale for one, right. two, three, four, and do that right. for 20 minutes and then commit to that yes. five times a day, right? right. And, and just practice stilling your mind. This is very much the yogic and the Buddhist way. The shamanic way is very much like, okay, on this day, because spirit is giving you the message to drum and to rattle and create a ceremony down by the river. You're going to go down and meditate there by the river and bring your rattle and your drum. And then the next day, you have you feel this call from your power animal where you're going to lay down on your back and you're going to become, you know, this full-blown energy of the reindeer and feel that move through your body. And that might be your practice that day, right? right? It, it's, right. it's more about listening and right. it doesn't look the same. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of uh, movement right. that happens in our meditative states. So though shamanic journeying and meditation are, are very similar mm. in that it brings us to what we call an expanded state of consciousness, mm. the way in which we get there, I say drop in or tap into it, is it's, it's a little bit different. It's like a, it's a different pathway up the mountain, right. if you will. Okay. And I just find the combination of both having the structured discipline mm. and this free flowy 
It's kind of like having like ballet, which is very like right. do, 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 all these lines, Shuck, one, two, right. three. And then like contemporary dance. Right, like, just free flow. You know, salsa, where it's right. like, you know, right? It's like that, right? So, and I think all of us on a healing journey have to find what works for us. Right. You know, do you like ballet? Do you like salsa? Like, how do you want to go there? Right, absolutely, <laughs> right? absolutely. And I was, my next question was, what was your pivotal moment into going into this? So how did you, how did you, even though you had all these experiences in your acting class, right? And that led you to where you are teaching and being a shaman. But what was it that you were like, you know what, acting is no. Actually, I let's keep going on this path. Was it like a calling or how did it come sure. for you? My world into facilitation happened really fast. Mm. And it was like a roller coaster. And it was happening at the same time as I was just getting out of theater school, right. out of university. And... I was meeting so many people very mm. quickly. And I think sometimes it just happens because of divine grace and, right. and you meet the right people at the same time. Yes. I was meeting so many people and I was doing so many trainings, all kind of rolled up on top of each other. Yeah. And that was the door to the next thing and the next thing. And when I was doing energy work, mm. I, I, I somehow was working with a lot of people mm. who had uh, terminal cancers, mm. right? People right. with terminal stage four breast cancer, uh, liver cancer. I, I don't know why, but that was what was coming into my field. And I was working with a lot of uh, clearing symbols at the time. So mm. a lot of the work that I was doing from Reiki and also from the somatic body work mm. was using uh, symbols to extract dense energies out of people's systems. And while I was doing that, and I was very much in the beginning phases of doing that, I, I'm very much a feeler. I'm very kinesthetic in my system. I was I studied kung fu as a kid, and so uh, I've I've always been a mover. I don't in the beginning. I didn't see as much. It wasn't very much about the right. visions. But in this process of working with these clients, I could feel all their stories mm. of all their dreams and their regrets, and all of that was coming out through my hands. Wow. And occasionally, I would kind of get these flashes. And I would, uh, of, of their life. And I get super, super emotional because I hadn't yet engaged with the shamanic work then. I didn't mm. know how to, I didn't know how to engage with the symbols in that way and to uh, voice it out loud. So it kind of got trapped in my system. So I got very sick doing that work. I, I even turned yellow for seven days mm. where I had an acupuncturist friend do some detox work on me. And I, I was out for seven days and my wow. eyes were yellow. My skin got really yellow. I <laughs> like, right. I, I couldn't move uh, because I had taken on all this stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and right. then what kind of flipped, uh, oh, and before I say this, uh, that I was also at the same time denying that I saw or felt anything. Uh -huh, <laughs> right? Uh -huh, right. I, I have this very funny relationship with in my development where where when something happens, I go into a, oh, yeah, no, that didn't happen. That can't right. be right. Right. It's a, <laughs> There's a, a bit of doubt, a bit right. of questioning, right? For sure. For sure. <laughs> and now I, I, full, I fully listen. But that's mm -hmm. kind of how it started. Um, and, and then I started meeting various people that introduced me to the world of shamanism. And my it was about 10 years ago that I dropped into a plant ceremony uh, with ayahuasca in a mm. circle. And that was when everything shattered. 
that was when I could no longer go, oh yeah, I can't, I can't see that spirit mm -hmm. hovering over my shoulder. Right. The man sitting next to me in my ayahuasca circle had stage four terminal cancer. He was dying. Like, of course, that's the person that I get sit next, like I sit, sit next to is right. this guy. Right. And we're in a circle. Mm -hmm. I'm not sitting next to the person who's, uh, you know, a recovering has some sort addict of trauma or, over. Right. No, so, right, right, exactly. And there were people like that in the group. Right. And so here I am, and we go into the journey. We take the ayahuasca, and of course, people who don't know, it's it's a psychoactive plant medicine from from the jungle. Mm -hmm. It's a jungle medicine okay. that the Shipipo people use to go on a vision quest. And it's you start to see and feel and hear things that, <laughs> if you didn't take it, were not there. Right. And it it and it's not done in a recreational way. It's done in a very ceremonial, respectful right. way where you connect with the high intention of wanting to drop into something greater than yourself. Oh, right. And for me, the intention was, where do I go? Do I continue this path of being an actor? Do I go to LA and do the whole sitcom mm -hmm. circuit? Like, what do I do? Yeah. Or that's kind of, you know, that was kind of my dream. You know, it's like, I want to go to LA right. and do the whole, and explore that, you know, being a New York City kid, I wanted to do that. For sure. But that never happened, right? And yes. it was like, or do I go down more of this healing path and take all these trainings I've been doing mm -hmm. and explore that a bit more? Right. And so my whole journey was seeing spirits. Mm. I saw... <laughs> You know, that was my answer. It was, I saw the spirits that were hovering over the guy with the terminal cancer next to me. Right. They were kind of prepping him for death. I was watching them. There was the uh, Virgin Mary was over him and Kali, who's this very fierce yes. goddess in the in the Hindu tradition, yes. was over him. And then all the people on the other side of the room who had shared in the circle about being a heroine um, user and recovering from mm -hmm. that or someone recovering from um, uh, some sort of abuse. There was there were some yeah. rape people, um, not rape people, that's not the right word, but rape survivors, rape survivors. Um, uh, domestic violence. There, there was a lot in the room. There's right. a lot of trauma in the room. And I could see their stories around them. Right. But, but with my eyes and I would close my eyes. I would <laughs> go, oh God, no, 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 not again. No, I can't. No, I don't want to see this. And even with my eyes closed, Mama Ayahuasca was like, uh-uh, nope. Even with the eyes closed, you can, you will see. And so that kind of was the turning point point for me because mm. everything cracked open. Mm. And for the next year, I was kind of like having the shakes, like, oh my God, oh my God, what's that? What's that? Um, and, 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 and now I've, filtered my ability to connect to the non-ordinary world where I don't have to feel like I'm on guard all the time, mm -hmm. right? That on-guardness that I had when I was just this anxious, you know, protected kid right. kind of translated into how I began doing the spiritual work when I started working with energy mm -hmm. and with, with the realm of spirit right. with um, clients like, oh God, oh God, what's that? Oh no, what's coming at me? Right. Um, <laughs> but now it's like, it's all good. It's all good. I used to shake a lot when mm. I would work where my teacher would call it twitching. And mm. she said, okay, we have to learn how to consciously twitch that out of you. So I'd be working with a client and I'd see something or feel something or get some sort of message. And I'd be like, oh, <laughs> and my whole body would kind of twitch. And it would be like very spastic and people go, oh, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, well, I'm good. It's just, you know, some energy is moving through. But now <laughs> it's a lot more, it, it's a smaller, if it does happen, it's very small and it, it passes through very quickly. Wow. And so that's kind of, th that was my answer. Mm -hmm. It was, and I, I kind of was tossing with that for a year, like, right. oh, okay, do I give up acting? And I did. Eventually right. I gave it up. Right. And, and that was very hard for me mm -hmm. because I thought that that was 
what I was meant to do. I mm-hmm, thought that I was, mm-hmm. that was my path. Yeah. And, it, and it was, and it totally, my world was flipped up right. and upside down. And, and it was hard. It was right. very emotionally difficult to make that shift. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of, that was my turning point. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I definitely can resonate with what you're saying with your acting because I've been singing for 20 years and I thought that was it for me. I was like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, whatever you think that you're gonna accomplish and be successful in that area and that but the universe is like yeah that's cute but we really need you over here (laughs) (laughs) and the beautiful thing is you're probably taking your singing and helping people open up their their voice and you're doing this podcast right Right. so you're using your voice now in a different way in the same way I'm no longer telling stories on the stage or in front of a camera but I'm helping people with their own personal stories in their lives and translating that so it's still around the story Correct. It's just now there's, you know, energies around. Right. Because all <laughs> of that script, work, right? right, it doesn't go to waste. Like all these things that we learned doesn't go to waste. It doesn't go anywhere. It was a purpose, right? Now you have your story. And I have my my vo- my throat chakra is ready to share. Um, so that's wonderful. And I've recently done um, DMT. And so I understand like there's like a hangover. <laughs> there's like a, I call it the hangover because you're, it's it, right. Is. You're vibrating. So like you're still adjusting from what you just brought back and what you saw and what you learned and what you experienced into this body that you thought that this was you, right? And this was life. And then it's a readjustment period. And um, it's definitely not something to t- be taken lightly, something that is not about, the feeling it's about the message and working with those energies and having the respect and the ceremonies that come with that um in order to welcome what the spirit um and the energy is trying to tell you and what they want to share and obviously as human we have free will to either you could have been like no thanks i'm i want to be an actor i'm gonna move to la right um but I, I don't think at the end of the day, our soul would be resting peacefully knowing what we had already experienced. through. This. Well, it was also very difficult. I think mm. that the universe was trying to show me mm. that it's going to be a very hard path if you're going to move against your purpose. You were designed right. for this. And if you right. look in my astrology chart, right, in my south node, right, for the astrology noobs, your south node mm. and your north node. South node is your karma. Right, your north nodes are dharma. So your karma is where you've come from in other past lives and different incarnations. It's lessons that you've learned. And um, my astrologer told me I can't remember exactly where my south node is in, but the my south node very much was in the realm of performing and in the realm of of expressing through mm. as an artist. Right. And my north node is in Taurus, uh, and Taurus is all about luxury it's about friendship it's it's this very stable connection into mm-hmm. expansive abundance grounding. but also mm-hmm. yes it's very grounding um and it's expanded in i can't remember which house it's in but it's expanded i know there's so many houses <laughs> well, anyway I, I, I can't remember the I'll, lingo but it's expanding in I'll, spirituality yeah. right it's yeah. it's very much the purpose of my 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 dharma is mm. to help and expand the collective rise of consciousness in all of humanity in my own way and my, my small uh, community and the people that resonate with, with my work. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if I were to move against my Dharma and my purpose, that that's not really my blueprint. We've all been given a blueprint. 
It's just that are, are we too stubborn to listen to it? Right now, this is where people get kind of fed up with like, oh, well, I, I don't want to, I have free will. Mm-hmm. And the debate of free will and mm-hmm. well, free will and blueprint can still work together. So here's your soul blueprint. Right. right? You don't you you can decide how. The how is where you get to play with your right. free will. Right. But this is the blueprint nonetheless. Right. You you were designed <laughs> for like if you were designed as with a voice, right? right? You need to use that voice, whether it's singing or you're podcasting or you're speaking up on stage or whatever it is, right. you need to use it. Absolutely. If you were designed to be funny. You might be a comedian. You might be writing for a sitcom, or you might be doing something with children to make them laugh. Or mm. that's your gift, right? right? So we have to listen to our blueprint. Right. And I think it was very hard for me when I was auditioning mm. because I would get extremely nervous and very anxious, and it wasn't healthy for me actually right. psychologically. I, I wasn't prepared or equipped <laughs> to deal with the harsh world of our auditioning. Right. And it it. It also was a lot of this struggle push energy to get an audition, mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. get seen. Um, and it wasn't happening gracefully. Whereas when right. I stepped more into this world, the clients came more easily. Uh, it just kind of, I don't really have to work as hard right, right now Absolutely. than you know when I was in the acting world. I was hustling. But here it's like people fall into place, the people that I need to meet. You know, the people I need to work with as clients, abundance starts flowing. And it's like, oh, wow, okay, let me me try this out for a while. I'm listening now to spirit. And everyone has that. Right. You know, this this struggle between the karma and the dharma. Right. Right. Um, So what is the process of your work, what you offer, right, from your karma to your dharma? I really love that. Um, What is the process? What can people expect if they're, you know, they want to contact you? Sure. Yeah. So I I love release work. So mm-hmm. essentially, the, kind of how I talked about my journey yeah. is how I work with people. Because if you think about it, we're all like little radio towers and we mm-hmm. emit a signal. Mm-hmm. And we broadcast out a signal of people who will resonate with how you do things right? Just like you have your favorite singer or your favorite TV show, it just speaks to you. And because you are you and I am me, and we've had our different life experiences, we're all saying the same stuff. And different teachers are saying the same things. It's just that we're talking about it differently from our own unique lens. And, And we tend to help people in the way that we helped ourselves, mm-hmm. right? We, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, when you're looking for a mentor or a teacher, you listen to their story. You go, oh, okay. So, and, and you go, oh, I see a bit of me in that, mm-hmm. in that story, and I feel that I want to go through that process. And so, for me, it's very much the first step is acknowledgement and awareness of of the pain, of the suffering mm-hmm. that happened, right. whatever that story is. Right. Oftentimes, I work with people who have this feeling of neglect or abandonment or, or, or some sort of abuse in their childhood. Mm-hmm. And then they've had to become this very strong person. Right. Um, you know, I lived in Singapore for six years and in Asia, the women there are very type A when it comes to business, right? So I mm-hmm. tended to attract a lot of these high power executive type <laughs> of like powerful women because, uh-huh. you know, they, they have this, this childhood of 
generally speaking, across the board, it's like, oh, my, I had to prove to my parents something because they mm. saw me as this, right. you know, second class citizen, right? Though they weren't a boy. So, um, and, and now that I'm in charge of a team or in charge of a company, like I have to be this, I have to wear pants and I have to be a certain way, right? right. And so they resonated with me because I broke away from the traditional Asian family way of living, which is you very much take care of your parents till a certain way. Right. And, and you have to always bow down to whatever your parents say. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a very, um, it's a very nuclear family type of relationship with Asian people. And I think also similar for Italians and where right, you kind of live in the same household yeah. for like three generations. And right. you, yeah. Latinos um, are the same. We're the same. You just. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same, same across the world, just different ways of doing this. Right. And, and it's very, very atypical for an Asian kid to separate yourself from the family. And I had these clients that were like, oh my goodness, how, what did you do? And how are you okay? <laughs> how are you functioning right now? And then you, like, I'm 45 and I'm afraid of telling my parents, you know, that I'm going to get a divorce. Like I'm hiding it and I'm living in secrecy. Right. And I'm like, you know, running around like, talking about my gayness and right. and about uh, and, and talking all crazy about healing and they're like <laughs> you are out there and you're you don't give two fucks <laughs> like how did you right. how did you do that and right. so that that the very first step is acknowledging the secrets and the pain in the past mm-hmm. and being okay i mean i don't have to share all of my you know all the details right. but people have to be willing to share it first to a closed group. So I've been working Absolutely. a lot with closed groups first, right. where people have the um, ability to share that right. they feel the stuff safe, that right. they were never safe to express, right, right. through the voice, right, their story. Mm. Where we have to hear the story first, where they came from. Right. Then we have to dismantle that story, mm. and then we go through a whole process of various rituals and journeys. So I use the shamanic journey, which engages the active imagination. We work with archetypes. We work with energy. We work with the breath. We do certain physical movement release exercises to get everything flowing so that we can, it's like taking all of the crap. Mm -hmm. It's like the, like, I think of like your past as like the, 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 the vegetable rinds and, and, and like the orange peels (laughs) and and, and the the end of the broccoli that you throw out. It's like all the crap, right? (laughs) And then you take that and you're going to compost it. You're going to, you're going to put it in your garden and use it as fertilizer, right? And then we begin the fertilization process. We have to kind of change all that stuff into very powerful fertilizer. And how we do that is we have to connect to soul purpose. So we do journeys to connect to the higher self. We download and reconnect mm-hmm. the, the thread that's lost between spirit. Right. Um, uh, before we do that, we, we have to heal the past. So, so there are certain past lives that we have to look at to, mm-hmm. uh, to basically reclaim, right? And those three main past lives are the, the, the one where you had the most power and the most resources, but mm-hmm. you did the most harm. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one where you had the most power and the resources, but you did the most good because right. we have to let go of our attachments to like, uh, oh, I'm such a do-gooder, right? right? And then the other lifetime is the hard one. It's the one where you suffered the most and mm-hmm. it, it was a very painful existence. Right. And those are the three main ones. There's many lifetimes. We've all been through right. you know, the wheel. So many and once you've released them energetically from your system, you you don't think or act or feel or even breathe in the same way. Something energetically about you shifts. And so you have to do that. There's other stuff that we do for clearing the past as well, not just the past life stuff. Then we can go into the purpose, download the purpose, 
once we have the purpose work, it's about, again, taking what breaks your heart and taking that into service. Mm. So once you start giving to others mm -hmm. and you, whether you create a service or you create a business or you're finding um, or founding a nonprofit yeah. or something, right. uh, whatever it is, right. whatever it is that you create mm -hmm. that is like speaks to you, speaks to your heart and you're in every single day in service to that, mm. you have then shifted from the wounded healer from your karma, right. the wounds, into a conscious, action-oriented mm. guardian of mm. the planet, of right. humanity. You become right. a steward of the earth. Right. And, and that's essentially, that's the whole pathway of healing. Now, a lot of the times, this is what I told my last group, there were 700 queer people in there. And some of them kind of got lost in the story of like, oh, and, and you know, I don't want to dismiss the pain of some of these stories. Some people suffered alcoholic parents who abused right. them. Some of them were, were survivors of incest or, you know, like really intense things. Yeah. However, yeah. with that said, when it's not a trauma contest, right. like who has the worst right. trauma? <laughs> right. If you get stuck in the, I am, insert this abuse, mm -hmm. what happens is you become a bit narcissistic in your, in your healing journey because you're now healing for healing's sake. Now, my whole view on healing is like, you can't just be looking to heal. Right. Like, what's next? What's after healing? Right. Because you can always find stuff to heal. For sure. Right? And if you're always in the garden looking for the weeds, looking for the weeds, you're never going to look up and go, oh, my God, look at that beautiful tree over there. Or, wow, look at that mountain, that hill. And that's where the mm. soul purpose and the, the, the service work come into play. You have to go to Dharma. Right. If you don't go to dharma you're always looking down <laughs> right 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 no, that's I, how i was as a kid i was always looking at the cracks on the floor like oh don't step on that crack bad luck don't look on that crack right. but now you gotta look up what's next but right? that, that that garden analogy is beautiful it's really beautiful i mean just the composting right like your 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 crap is your come and re and yeah use it like i was like yeah absolutely that's a beautiful analogy and, and it's our crap right right it's our, it's our crap. crap in our garden you gotta own it <laughs> like or use it and you know for me i use it as transmuting it right it's the same idea it's just what was there but that's not you it should it shouldn't dictate yes i xyz happened to me but those are not the things that make you you run releasing that and becoming this beautiful being of light um i really love this process i've i've enjoyed just listening to what you were saying and how you know what you're offering I love it. I am so in love with it. And it's so needed um, because you do, like, you, as you said in the beginning, that you bring a practicality to what these terms are in these in this healing work, right? Because it can't be lost to a lot of people mm -hmm. and why you should do it. It's a bit scary. It is scary, right? And it's not common. So definitely the way you're voicing it and explaining it, there's definitely... You know, that's that is why. And having the understanding of what you're doing, not just for healing's sake, right? And having been in the space, understanding your own soul's a purpose and um why the abundance, why these people come to you and knowing it's not like, oh, surprise, it's a coincidence. I didn't expect that. And you know, it's like you know why these people come because this is what you're able to offer whomever is coming your way. It's beautiful, incredible, Johnson. Mm. I am 
it's a pleasantly surprised by all this beautiful work that you're doing. And I am beyond grateful for you sharing your time with me. And um, I, um, are you offering, is it more in person or are you offering it online as well? So a lot of the work I'm doing now is online. I'm locked down currently. Again, oh, third lockdown in Australia. Third. We've only had one. That third? That's nuts. Well, we had little breaks in between where we came out of it. And now this one's probably the longest one we're in. Okay. Uh, there's, that's, that's a whole nother talk. Oh, yes. That's why I'm not asking <laughs> not any lockdown. more questions. <laughs> but, just... um, but a lot of the work that I do um, nowadays, because I, I moved to Australia almost two years ago. Mm. And actually, I, I shifted because I had a physical studio when I was in Singapore and for, for yoga, meditation, okay. and Pilates, and healing work. And mm. And I came to Australia to start a digital academy, and it actually coincided with the beginning of COVID, uh, a few months before then. And so that's kind of where a lot of my work is. So mm. it's I do a lot of group containers. So the group work I find really powerful. It's the quickest way to heal. Right. I used to do a lot of one-on-ones, okay. but I find that in groups, it's there's a lot more accountability right. and people cannot hold on to their stuff as long. Right. And, and it really accelerates the process. So I do group shamanic journeys and that happens in eight week containers. I'm also working on a facilitator program for those who are coaches and yoga teachers and whether they're, they're in some sort of service, they could be social workers or even psychologists mm. or some sort of therapist or right. Reiki healer. Um, and it's giving them the tools to facilitate shamanic breath work. Mm. So because I come from the breath work tradition right. from a yogic way and then and then using the shamanic work right. to make it a little bit more ceremonial right. to make it more energetically in the process of surrender and flow. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's a 8-week facilitation program that's geared for facilitators and that's happening um, I haven't set the dates yet because okay. I'm just revising the curriculum and and there's a lot. There is a <laughs> there's, lot. There's a lot in there. There's a lot of writing. So I'm just, and it's great right. to be in lockdown because I'm just sitting here writing. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. Doo, 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 doo. Um, just sitting <laughs> right in the downloading. Um, so that will be around October, November. I'll just, I will allow spirit to decide when that right. is. Absolutely. <laughs> when the time yeah. is. Um, and, and that's kind of where my attention is more on is, is in facilitator training right now. Amazing. I, I might have to wait and see until October, November. And it sounds really interesting. You know, for me in this space, it's all about growing and learning and um, helping. And if I can, you know, put more into the tank and improve what I'm able to share, absolutely, you know. And um, that's why I love meeting people like you. You know, we can also help each other. And just because our main goal is the same, right? To awaken. Yeah. Yes. The human collective. And, and yeah. you know, I always say this, and I'm always going to say this in all every podcast. It's, you know, why I bring on these beautiful beings is because we're doing this for you. Right? It's not like we're, we're doing the work too, but we're here to help each other and we'll find each other. But we're spreading the message and talking about this because, you know, the listener is who needs it. Right. The person who's out there kind of lost, kind of stuck, uh, knowing what life is. What does anything mean? Right. Just going through the motions of life and not understanding and just giving access to these beautiful humans that are out there really trying to help 
you and help you navigate what what this life is and what is your soul's purpose purpose, you know, if that is this lifetime for you, right, to find that out. Um, if it isn't, you know, it isn't. And, you know, as Johnson said, you know, you come back and then maybe in the next three lifetimes, you might run into him and he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that lifetime. <laughs> I'm trying to get out of this lifetime. No, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I want to go to a different universe after this one. Right. <laughs> I want to come back to Earth. <laughs> I said the same thing. I was like, okay, well, I'm this done was fun. With the density so. of this dimension, right? So this is, this is. I mean, I'm joking, but no, there, know, there is in, in the Tibetan Buddhist lineage mm -hmm. and also in the yogic lineage, it is how, it is about acceleration. It's not about rushing. Some of us need more time. We need more For lifetimes, sure. but I've been here a lot of times. Sure. I, I remember a lot of lifetimes and I don't necessarily want to be here for another one. Right. And when we can get it right. done... Right. I might be here for one more. And then, but after that, right, <laughs> if we can get it done, we can then move into the next cycle of reincarnation, right. which would be in a different, a, a different universe with a different planet, with a different set of rules, mm -hmm. different laws of physics, right. right? So that we can have new experiences. And that's how consciousness constantly evolves mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. if we, if we always come back to the same old density, right? Cause earth is dense, right? We have, right. we have certain physical laws that keep us Right. Uh, stuck and trapped and it takes longer to manifest things because Correct. of space and time that right. creates a, a gap between when we think something and we when and it, then we create right when we go into higher realms right and this is actually uh, quantum physicists have done a lot of research on gravitational fields mm. around different universes right. and different um they they're not the same so we can we can mm. expect then that the gravitational pull is not the same. Right. The laws of physics there are not going to be the same. Things might float there a little bit more. It might right. be quicker to manifest things uh, uh, you think, right. and then boom, it pops it up. Helps. So that is, if we think about things in a wheel, mm. right, this is kind mm. of how consciousness works. As we're moving around the wheel, we're not trying to get stuck in one point. And when we reincarnate as the same uh, or, or a different person, but with the same kind of issues and right. the same stories, mm -hmm. we're stuck on the wheel. We can't move. Right. Right. <laughs> right? So, so the, the, we we don't necessarily want to come back and repeat the same thing over and over Correct. again because it's going to be much harder the next time around. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So we want to do as much as we can in this one right. lifetime that we have right. in this one unique lifetime sure. so that we don't come back with the same themes. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, it just question that popped into my head that I have you in front of me now. What are your thoughts? Because I see as like your thought, right? Your thoughts, your actions, and your words are all, um, right, you, you, you say it or you think it or, you, or you're... Um, doing it, it, rever it reverberates out into the universe. But in the sense I'm saying is how there's a karmic debt to everything, a karmic price to everything you think, do, or say, right? It could be positive or negative, but how does, how does that work um, in the Dharma or the... Mm, yeah, karma is interesting because it's not a... That's a whole other topic. Karma is not what we think of in a very simplistic sense of karma's a bitch. Right. You know, you no, definitely. Phrase, but how where, where it goes around, it comes around, right? Right. And, and a lot of people think it there's this boomerang boomerang effect of karma. Mm -hmm. That is true to a certain degree. Also, it depends on how you can also clear karma. It doesn't have to have a boomerang effect. 
Because,、mm. so here's an example. Sure. You think about stealing something from a store. Right. Right. I'm not gonna lie. Me and my sister were shoplifters as little teenagers. Right. Okay. That's what we did. <laughs> I'm gonna own my compost. Okay. <laughs> we there was a thrill in it. Right. And you think about shoplifting. Right. Right. Let's say you have the thought. If someone says karma's a bitch, right?、Um, then you would either get caught,、mm-hmm. you might go to juvie or whatever it is,、mm-hmm. or you know, what?、Uh, there's just certain consequences.、Correct. We often think of karma as consequential, right?、Um, and that is the case when we are trapped energetically in. A certain state.、Mm. If you're trapped in a certain state of density in your energetic body, yes, it is consequential. You will get that boomerang effect. Right, right. If you clean your energetic body, right, that's through the food that you eat.、Mm-hmm. You cleanse the the kinds of thoughts that you're thinking. Right, it has to start physical. It、For、always、sure. starts physical because、right. it's the vehicle of the soul.、Mm-hmm. So if you're eating a bunch of crap, right, you can't do the spiritual work. Efficiently,、right. it's like putting diesel into a car that doesn't take diesel. <laughs> it's, like, it, it's like it's gonna choke the car up. So you have to put the right kind of foods for your、uh, elemental constitution、right. that make you go、right. efficiently and smoothly, and then you're able to drive down the highway.、Uh, um, and when you're down that highway, karma doesn't hit you as hard. So、mm. you might have, you know, the echo of the thought of.、Mm. Well, I, when I was a teenager, I used to shoplift things for fun right, just right. to see what I can get away with. <laughs>、right. And then you, let's say, have that thought again. Yes. When you're an adult, you don't get the boomerang effect of of that coming back to you because it's just a passing thought that doesn't have. It's not attached to anything. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Whereas Absolutely. when your energetic body, when it's dense, so it's like I. I mean, I do think about it sometimes when、mm. I reflect. But it's not like I'm gonna, you know, the popo is not on the like, coming after me, <laughs> like years later,、uh, because I had that thought. So、mm. thought doesn't necessarily translate as the boomerang when it comes、mm. to karma, because、mm-hmm. it、uh, it depends on your energetic state and how、mm. you're vibrating.、Right. It's more about the energy in in how you're vibrating、mm. versus. The kinds of thoughts that you're thinking, like that's the first thing. It's、okay. because before thought is energy, right? Right. It, it's the energetic state. So、right. your energy then informs mm, mm. what kind of thoughts are being invited through you.、Right. So thought can be formed. It, who who's thinking the thought? This、right. is the very essential Buddhist question. Who am I? Who's thinking this thought?、Correct. Is it me or is it from source? When you upgrade your your perspective and your view of consciousness,、mm-hmm. you're no longer thinking the thought. Yes, the thought is happening through you,、right. but the thought is also being inspired from I am consciousness. It's inspired from the source that created all of life.、Right. So if that's the case, no boomerang is going to come around and hit you in the butt,、right. you know, <laughs> because it's coming from source. So, right, right. So it, it, how like so so the thought you have to think about the、um, you have not think you have to reflect on the kind of the thought and where、mm-hmm. it's coming from, and also if it's in alignment with the energetic state you're in. And if there's alignment and harmony there, then your your karma, your karmic debt, right, right. It, it doesn't really exist. Actually, right, it's right. not. It's it, there's only karmic debt because we're we're in a energetic state of density,、mm. and that's why there's karma. Wow! If we upgrade the energy field,、right. there is no karmic debt. Right. Because you connect with source,、mm-hmm. source doesn't have karma. 
right. source right. is pure. Right. So right. this is kind of the path of clearing karmic debt right. to realize that we are then source, right. so that we we can then create from no karma. Yeah. Wow. No, I hope that, that was no. It, <laughs> made sense. No, it it did make sense, and you answered my question. Even though I was I was asking, I'm like, is this even a question? <laughs> so you understood what I was trying to go with, you know. So I appreciate you. No, that's a, that's opening up a whole other can of worms. Yeah, yeah. No, I just like I was like I I definitely feel like you would be able to you know simplify what I'm trying to express yeah. here. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, because it's it's very, it's complex, but it's also simple. And right. if you look at Buddhist texts and you look at different schools of different sects from how the yogis and the Buddhists talk about karma, mm. karma is talked about very differently depending on who you ask. Right. And across the board, karma is essentially action. So mm which means that it's consequential. You right. do something and something happens. Right. However, from a shamanic point of view, if you exist in what we call timelessness or the infinite um, expanse of, mm -hmm. of awareness and of consciousness, then you are not bound by the rules of time and space, mm -hmm. which is a very quantum science thing. If you right. break through that level of consciousness where you're able to be in the past and the future right. at the same time, now we're getting a little sci-fi here, <laughs> but there is that's that's very much a shamanic, uh, way of working right. is that we are healing the past and the future yes. at the same time and. in the now. And so that's timeless. If you can break through space and time, there is no karma. Right. Interesting. Because karma is only bound by space and time. Right. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Beautifully said. Johnson, I am so grateful to have spent time with you and to have met you and to share this time with you and learned from you, of course. Um, and I, you know, as far as you are, I feel you from here. So thank you so, so much. You're such a beautiful Maybe I'll be life. in LA sometime. Who knows? Hey, if you're ever in <laughs> I town, love LA. Come, please, I would love to meet you. We can go out and, you know, have a little fun out there. Um, but we can go to a dispenser or something. Yes, you're, <laughs> that's you're a lot of fun in LA. <laughs> you know me. I'm, I've only been once. <laughs> every no, everyone on here knows already. I'm a cannabis enthusiast, so yes, <laughs> I'd be more than happy to take you. I know the good spots and um, the fun spots too. So <laughs> I would love yeah, to have you. Fun. Thank you so much. Um, the only thing I'd ask is any last words for the listeners that maybe that they need to hear. I think that everyone has the tools and have also the capacity to, to engage with the healing work and also mm -hmm. to move beyond the healing work, yeah. right? right. It, to move from the karma to the dharma. Right. And that to remember to be in communion with a group, to mm -hmm. be in partnership with others who are like-minded right. like you and i think mm -hmm. that is probably the main obstacle that i find across the board with most people is that nice. they find themselves when they're trying to break free from the past around right. people who are of a vibration of the past correct we would call it like a lower vibe right. person right for sure someone who's kind of bringing you down mm -hmm. and if you are on a true path of trying to break out of that right. you need to surround yourself with people who are not in that vibe. Right. And when you can have one or two or a group 
of people, whether it's in a, it's a group coaching mm -hmm. container or it, it's new friends that you're meeting or you're right. doing things differently. You're going to new events to meet yeah. different kinds of people. Right. Maybe you're not going to the same club, meeting the same person, right. but you're going to, let's say, a sober event or a consciousness-based event right. to meet a different kind of person, mm -hmm. right? That that is crucial right. to upgrading um, your yourself, your consciousness, your mm -hmm. where you are in your journey, and that is the quickest way is right. in communion with others. Beautiful. So I yeah. think. That's that's all I'll, I'll say. I think a lot of people will resonate with that, I'm sure. And a lot of the things that you said and anyone out there listening that they feel they've resonated, feel free to contact Johnson. Where can they contact you? Uh, I have my socials. They'll be on your show notes, yeah, right? They will the, be on my show notes. There's Instagram. There's there'll be on my Facebook, and also you'll be on my webpage. So it's unlimited. Okay, there's no cool. excuses, y'all. <laughs> there, there's a link also to my website okay. and also to our school's page as mm -hmm, well. Mm -hmm. Sage Sapien Soul Academy. So, yes, yeah. definitely. Feel I, free to connect. Send an email or or DM DM a or question, whatever you like. anything. Just just to get it started and just be curious. That's it. So thank you again, yeah. Johnson. Thank it's you, been Claudia. a blessing. Thanks for having me. I'm beyond myself and grateful to you today. So I'm thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Have a great day. If today's episode resonated with you in any way, please subscribe to my podcast and share with anyone that may need to hear today's message. You can find me at Presently Aki on all social media platforms. Gratitude donations are also accepted via Venmo at Presently Aki. My wish for all of you is to find the courage and strength to start the path to self-love through mindfulness, because you deserve it. Remember the breath is the secret, and always lead with love.